Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited you're here. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. Before we get started today, I just want to remind you, you can head over to KelseyAbbott.com for all the things. If you want to book an individual human design reading, a human design play date, a partner human design reading, or if you want to sign up for core class, any of that stuff, you can find it all on my website, KelseyAbbott.com. Now let's get into this week's guest. I have a conversation with Emily Moyer coming up for you. Emily Eliza Moyer is an intuitive career strategist focused on helping ambitious women overcome limiting beliefs, uncover their purpose, and craft strategic career plans so they can build careers they absolutely love. Previously, she served as the head of sales and marketing for a VC-backed travel startup, leading a team of 30 remote workers based all over the world. Emily and I talk about all the things. She's a projector, so we talk a lot about projector and how projectors can optimize, well, minimize their burnout and optimize their lives and alignment. We talk about we talk about the gifts of 2020. We talk about numbing. We went all over the place. We went deep. We went we went there fast and we had a lot of fun together. I hope you enjoy this conversation. As always, I love you. Go forth and be awesome. Emily, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. We've already had so much fun together. We really have. I think we're already best friends. I did totally. The universe <laughs> brought us together. <laughs> so the first thing we started out with, when, like as we're meeting each other, is how great 2020 has been. <laughs> Might not be popular opinion. Which truly, like we say that and people are probably like, is she being sarcastic? Like, is that a joke? <laughs> and no, I mean, 2020 really has been one of the more interesting years for sure, but like really on a transformational one, I think at the very least. So what does it look like for you? So I literally made a list of all of the things from 2020 today, this morning, journaling over my iced coffee. Um, so 2020, I high level, um, <laughs> totally, I mean, grew my business. I, I, for the first time hit the six figure mark. I, um, moved from one-on-one -on -one coaching to group coaching to launching online courses. I learned so much about entrepreneurship. I've launched three times successfully, which is really exciting. I, uh, moved in with my boyfriend. I, um, uh, there was another big one that I can't, I can't even remember now, but basically like a lot of really big stuff. Oh, I moved into this incredible apartment, which I had been sort of never someone who cared about like having a great apartment until I was like, Oh, I'm going to move and live in Chicago. So like, I should probably be somewhere that I really enjoy. Anyways, I moved into this apartment that sort of feels like my first like adult, real adult apartment, like bought furniture. Like I'd never bought furniture before. Um, and so I say all of those things and this is like all of course, while I'm, you know, quarantine, we're in the midst of quarantine, COVID has happened. The Black Lives Matter movement has been really, really strong in Chicago. So like that's obviously been a huge part of my year as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2020, like the thing I just keep coming back to is that we're watching one of the most interesting moments in history and we're watching a complete collective shift. 
and we're watching people ask really important questions that many people have never asked themselves before and that I've not not to like be brag but like that I've been asking myself for a long time and most of my friends are sick of hearing me ask them but mm-hmm. but really I think 2020 is just this really interesting moment of human existence where we're all growing and evolving at the exact same time yeah this is the collective wake up mm-hmm. and as one of my guests from 2019 said we're going through the eye of the eye of the needle that's what Anahata Ananda said in like November of last year. We're going through the eye of the needle. Wait, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? So like, we have to leave everything behind. If it doesn't fit through the eye of the needle, you got to leave it behind. Wow. So all your old beliefs, all the old systems, mm-hmm. all the old ways of doing things. So working <sighs> in an office, got to go. Got to go. Systemic racism, got to go. Oh, uh, beliefs that you can't heal yourself. Gotta go. Hell yeah. Everything. If it, Everything. if it doesn't fit, it's gotta go. It's so f- interesting. We keep hearing people say like, oh, when are we going to, and I have even caught myself saying this, like when, when are things going to go back to normal? And like, the truth is, is like we're creating an entirely new normal. Yeah. This is normal. Right, right now. Right now. This is normal. Right. And it's like, we just, it still sort of feels unsettled because it's like, I say this with my clients a lot, like we have an old identity that we've shed, but we Mm -hmm. haven't totally gotten to know the new identity yet. So we're like, but who's that person? Yeah. Well, there's so much uncertainty right now. Like people are like, but I've never done it before. Here's the thing. None of us have done this global pandemic thing before. This is all of us are in it for the first time and we're figuring out the best way to do it. And you know, that comes with a lot of experimentation. It's like, that should be, that's like the new word of the day, right? It's like, we don't, you don't know how to do something. You don't know what to do. Great. Make, I say, test your way forward, build your way forward all the time. That's like one of the things we use in my clients, but it's really about that. It's like, okay, well, let's try it. Yeah. It's experiment. Hey, okay. oops. It's like, whoa, okay, not that way. <laughs> But we're so afraid to, we're so afraid to. And like, I take my own ownership. Like I've experimented a ton since like, you have to, when you're starting, you know, when you have your own yeah. business, like it's, it's one big experiment, right? And so much of what I have started to really have to learn about myself is that, you know, just getting comfortable with the experimentation, getting comfortable with the fact that like, it's, there's going to be shit that's not going to work there's going to be shit that quote unquote fails, but like in the stuff that fails, like it doesn't have, doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean there's like some part of you, right. That is like broken or that you did something wrong. It's like, no, that's, that's the point of the experiment. If everything went right, you, you weren't taking big enough risks, right? Yeah. I think we all need a reminder of the scientific process. The point of science experiments is not to get it right. It's to learn. And every, experiment like some there are whole papers written about how this is not the answer we still don't know what the answer is but it's not this hmm. yeah you and i i mean before before we jumped in Kelsey <laughs> and i were talking a little bit about our businesses and social media being the way that you know most people are are building businesses right now or at least believe that we have to build our businesses and just this this idea that there's got to be a better way there's got to be another way and i almost just think that applies to like everything in life right yes. now right it's like 
there's just got to be a better way. How many times have people been saying that about education? There's got to be a better way. And then there's this invitation to like, look, we can recreate education. And what I, what I try not to get frustrated with, but do get frustrated with is, oh, well, it didn't work. The three months, the first three months that we tried it, it didn't work. Teachers couldn't get on board or employees mm-hmm. couldn't get on board or whatever it is. And it's like, no, no shit. It was three months of trying, right? Like, of course it didn't work for like the first three months, but that invitation like to create an equitable system for, of education, right? That could actually reach all kids or like actually allow, right? All of, all of our employees to have the flexibility and freedom and the autonomy to do great work from wherever they are. Like all of these things, like it is like this one big experiment, but it's not over, right? It's like, no, we're just actually trying to figure out what that new way is. And like, we're gonna, we already hit some bumps and bruises in the road and we're going to continue to hit some more. And it's just, we're at the beginning of this creation process. Yeah. It reminds me. So I was telling you before we hit record that my husband and I traveled in a camper for 16 months, wandering around the country, trying to figure out, well, enjoying the adventure and wondering where we were going to live next. And part of that process in figuring out where we were going to live next was like, not this, not this, not this. Oh, like this, but not this. Mm -hmm. And everything, it was like trying on a different city every single time. And that's what this, that's what 2020 can be. Trying on different ways of being. I, so with clients, I all, I mean, all the time I have clients who come to me and even myself, like we're you start out your career and you don't like any job that you have for like five years, right? It's like you're, you're, you feel like you have a laundry list of things that you know you don't like, but you can't figure out what you do like. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually, that's part of the process, right? You have to figure out what doesn't work and what's not working and what you don't like. Everything's not supposed to work. Every, you're not supposed to like everything. You're supposed to like the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar too to what I tell people who are generators and manifesting generators, the universe actually is your personal shopper. And the universe is constantly asking you, do you like this? Do you like this? And you get an opportunity to say like, holy hell yes. And your whole body is in it or no. And every time you say no, the universe gets a clear idea of what you do want. Mm. That's how we hone our choices. Have you read, um, ask and it is given? No. So it's a book that, I mean, the words that just, came, it's universal wisdom. I mean, it's, it's, it's stuff that you would, you'd read and you'd be like, yeah, I get it. Um, but the words that you just used is around this idea of like honing our choices, like honing our preferences, right? Like the more, the clearer we get, the easier it is for the universe to give us what we want, right? Yeah. If we don't know what we want, like the universe is like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? So like, we have to actually decide like, yes no, yes, Mm -hmm. no. Right. And the more we can get to those, you know, yeses to like the clarity around what we actually want, not only is it the easy, is it easier for the universe to present that to us, but it's easier for us to say yes to it, you know? And we have to be brave enough to say yes to what we like and say no to what we don't like. And that I think is like, can be one of the most difficult parts of the entire process, especially if you've learned that you're supposed to say yes to certain things or you mm-hmm. should say no to certain things. And in reality, you're not actually in tune with what you want to say yes and no to. Yeah. Think about how deep that goes. Like, you know, early on in your life, you're telling white lies about how much you like to gift. 
so you don't hurt the person's feeling because you could you should really appreciate the thought that went into that gift i still do it i definitely still do it (laughs) it would it breaks my heart to think of telling somebody that i don't like their gift totally i can't imagine doing no But, but it's like, well, they're just going to keep giving you the thing that you don't like. Exactly. So like we're training ourselves in that one aspect. Where else is it showing up? God, it's so true. And I mean, just like with everything, right? There's just so many things that we, that we just, you learn to say yes to. Mm-hmm. So you say, yes, 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 yes. Going to parties, going to hanging out with certain people or whatever it is. And at a certain point, you just realize like, I just don't even, I don't like this. This has been something that I've realized during quarantine is, I hope my friends don't listen to this one, but when when I come out, when we um, came out of quarantine, we started to have like a bunch of like parties, like different sort of outdoor parties. And I just realized like, I'm not connecting one-on-one with any of my friends in these parties. Like we're all sort of standing around and like, I'm not actually getting anything out of this because I'm not actually having a human connection. So I just like kind of had this realization. I was like, I don't think I like parties anymore. <laughs> I wait, I love that so much because that it's so true for me too. I am here to go deep. Oh, and yeah. I, like I don't do the surface conversations. I'm really awkward in them. I'm totally uninterested in them. I'm just looking for an escape route. So yeah, I would so much rather have like a soul to soul conversation with somebody. We just met less than an hour ago. This is already way better than some surface conversation with a neighbor that I see every single day. Totally. And honestly, like I get so much more out of this, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, like, it's just, you wonder how do you, how does that happen, right? That you sort of end up with all these relationships where it's not that you're not connected or it's not that you can't have these deep conversations. It's just that that's not the norm, you know? Like, mm-hmm. why isn't it the norm to say, why do we talk about nothing when we can talk about stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's actually because we're not we're not asking questions. We're not saying like, why do we do this? Do I want to do this? We're not aware in some cases of what's coming out of our mouths also. And I also wonder if it's just like the way that we've, the way we gather mm-hmm. isn't really pr- promoting it, right? Like I've noticed, I've found myself like, there's ways where you can also connect with someone. You connect with people without even talking to them. You know what I mean? Like we just, we were talking yeah. before we started recording my boyfriend and I just went backpacking through Yosemite. And when you're backpacking with someone, like you don't have to be talking to them to feel like you're connecting with them. You could be, we did like a silent, we did like a hike at three o'clock in the morning to do a sunrise hike. And it was like pitch black and like the stars are amazing. And we were with a small group and it was a silent hike for the most part. Like we're not talking, it's three o'clock in the morning. And you just feel so connected having done something like that with other humans. And so I wonder if it's part of it for sure is that we're not asking these questions or we're not sort of like taking the proactive intention to change the conversation. But I also just wonder if it's like we're not gathering in interesting ways. Mm, what I felt from you is saying that is, no, you're not talking when you're hiking at 3 a.m., but your energy, you're, so, because there are no words getting in the way, your energy is connecting. So is our, our tendency to ask these surface level questions and connect on the surface level, is it us trying to like get ahead of the energy and like protect ourselves from other people's energy and protect ourselves from other people feeling our energy? Are we scared of our own energy? 
funny. It's like we we ask these questions too because it's like I'm even thinking about the questions I'll ask my friends sometimes. It's like you ha- you ask the things that you think you're supposed to ask. Like I have to ask about their this and their kids and their job and their this. And if I don't, they'll think I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a second. Like the, that's not what makes someone feel cared for. That's not what makes someone feel loved, right? That's not what makes someone feel like really kind of, like that's almost like what we're taught. Like this is how you show somebody. It's like you ask them about seven things that are totally surface level and they say they're good. And then, okay, we've checked the boxes there. It's like, what? Yeah. How much were you paying attention when you were asking the questions and how much was, were they paying attention when they said everything was good? Right. Right. It's just, it's interesting that idea that like, what would it look, what would it look like if you got to a party and your energy just connected with people? You know what I mean? It was like, you just, you were like, there was like no talking. It was just like your, like, what if it would be like those silent discos or something, but it's just like a silent party where you show up and it's just like, you let your energy play. I feel like that would be a blast. I feel like I would start giggling. Totally. But <laughs> like, how fun would that be? Right. To just like be like laughing and like, and then it would be a laughing party. And then you just feel connected. Mm-hmm. You know, that reminds me of one of my favorite meditations to do to bring, to amplify your joy is to think about, think about we all know at least one person who has a really funny laugh. <laughs> think about that one person's laugh and really hear it in your head and let, you let yourself smile in response to it. And then think of a puppy playing. Think of like a funny video you've seen. Think of that contagious laugh on like a subway. Just like someone is reading a book and they laugh and then you kind of smile and then you feel a laugh escape from you and then the person next to you starts to laugh and then the whole subway car is laughing. That's, that's actually how energy gets transferred. <sighs> that's, it's um, like the parties thing that we were talking about. It's like there's, that's what feels like it's missing. It's mm. like this like play this like lightness, this like fun, you know, it's like, it's not, it doesn't always have to be about the deep conversation to be able to connect. But I think what's happened in COVID is that it's just brought this like almost heaviness to everything. And it's been really hard to just for people to play. Yeah. I wonder how much of that heaviness is people feeling like they should feel heavy. Totally. Totally. Like we almost have like lost, lost the right, or it's like inappropriate right now yeah. to feel light and playful. Like you have to, right, further that conversation of like, oh, 2020. Mm-hmm. It's like people talk about 2020, like it's this like dark cloud. It's like, oh, 2020, when's it going to be done? Like enough, you know? And it's like. <laughs> it's, it's a year. It's, it's a year. I actually saw a, a race shirt and said like 2020 gave it one star would not recommend. Yeah, I actually would recommend it. I mean, it's a tough one. It's a really challenging one. It's, this is an advanced level course. <laughs> Turns it's out grad, we all signed up school. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying we've, we're all in our own individual PhD programs. Mm-hmm. No one's in quite the same program, but we are all in school right now as we yeah totally and i've been thinking a lot about um you know there's just it's this dance in life always right between like moments of play and joy and fun and lightness and moments of growth and challenge and lessons 
and it's always the stance. It's always, we're always kind of going between it, those two things, right? In the, in the lessons and the growth and the challenge moments, like in the hard classes, like you're crying, right? You're feeling, you're healing, you're doing all these things. And then in the like fun, easy classes, you're like laughing with your friends and giggling and, you know, whatever, listening to music and dancing. Um, but really like this year is just almost like an exacerb. It's like a, it's a, it's both of those on overdrive, right? It's yes. like, we've just got, we've got so much we're healing and growing and changing and learning. And it's like, can we let ourselves have, feel the same depth of joy and the same depth of lightness and the same depth of like fun? Mm. You know, before we start recording, we were talking a little bit about numbing. And I think it's interesting to think like when we don't allow ourselves to feel, to really feel pain, we can't, it's all like a sine wave. So we can't feel the joy all the way. And this is like, we live in a society where numbing is really popular. And when we numb, we're not feeling the pain all the way and we're not feeling the joy all the way. And we numb in really interesting ways now. You and I were also talking about the scrolling being numbing. Yep. It's deadly. Like it's deadly, that scrolling, you know? And it's, it's like I find myself, I mean, I do it for sure. And I was just on vacation, like to offline airplane mode, not scrolling at all. And it's like you we forget what it feels like to just a feel our feelings and not try to avoid them. Especially when we have like multiple days where we feel kind of shitty, which I don't know about you, but like this full moon definitely like took it out of me. Like I'm in young <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to feel better now. Right. I'm ready. to, And it's just taken almost like so much willpower for me to not keep, to not scroll. Cause I like, don't want to get back into that. So I'm like, well, what do I do? I'm like, I just feel just feel this shit, you know, I just lay on the couch, mm-hmm. I just whatever, but I allow, allowing myself to just feel shitty and trying my hardest not to judge myself for it and trying my hardest to remember that it's temporary and that whatever I'm feeling, I'm supposed to be feeling so I can move through it. Takes work, you know, yes, it takes that fucking is, practice. That is the work. Like, could you have 10 years ago done, have done that? Well, I think 10 years ago we didn't scroll, but I definitely would have just been opening up a bottle of wine. Yeah. I would have been booking a plane ticket. My numbing has always been like traveling somehow. So like booking a plane ticket, like searching for places to go. I can't fucking go anywhere, right? Because we're here. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You can swear, Um, yes. (laughs) Like we can't really go anywhere even though I just did. So like can't really do that much research on like where like booking travel. Like can't, don't want to, you know, we talked about a little bit about sober curiosity. I still drink now, but like don't use it as a numbing agent at all. Don't want to scroll. So I'm like, I've got nothing to, bathtubs. I use my bath, you know, which is <laughs> not, doesn't numb me, right? But at least I've like got something I can go to. <laughs> Just picture you being like, damn it, I'm going to go take a bath. <laughs> Angry Literally bath time. Though. Like every single day, it's like, oh, it's nine o'clock in the morning and I woke up crying like bathtub. <laughs> I took a lot of baths in the start of COVID. I didn't have a bathtub bath in the season. beginning of COVID. So I took a lot of showers. <laughs> And I have, like, a really tiny shower in my other apartment, too. So I'd just, like, be in the shower, like, hot water, like, I need a bathtub. <laughs> How do you numb? Do you have, like, a numbing agent that you try to avoid? Um, mine was scrolling. Hmm. I don't know what it is now. Maybe I'm not numbing. That would be great. That would be great. But it, probably not. Like, I probably am in some way. I just don't know what it is. 
Like, I consciously choose to read fiction. I do too. That's a necessity. I feel like it's really important, especially for people in the personal growth world. Because I want to read every self-help book on the planet and every spiritual book and every, like, every other book, but I, like, got it. Or business book, but I'm like, nope. Yeah. Fiction. <laughs> All about play and, yes. Um, I, this is what I wanted to say. Hobbies. So there's this guy, Cal Newport, who he's all about digital minimalism and much like what you talked about your path with sober sober curiosity which we can get into but we also don't have to because i'm just touching on it right here like so you were drinking it a bunch then wanted to experiment what does it feel like to not use alcohol then started drinking more and found your balance with it he's kind of has that take on internet usage like your phone totally and he's like step one is to figure out what your hobbies are because we didn't always have these devices so what did you do before that and if you were born in a time when you basically were born with a phone in your hand but then now it's time to do some serious soul searching what else do you like to do God, it's so funny. So um, my hobby was always travel. Since I was 15 years old, I've been traveling. Since I was 15 years old, I've been planning my next trip. That's literally what I did in my free time. I mean, I did other things too, but like that was the main hobby. It's like what totally defined me. So literally had that hobby slash right during COVID too. Um, but no, I mean, I think just like in general, the now my hobbies are just get outside, like kayaking, running, working out, yoga. I mean, the challenge I find is that so many of my personal hobbies are mixed with work now. Mm. Yeah, that's a really tricky thing, I think, when we love our work, when business mm-hmm. becomes so fun. And it's like, there's no lot, there's very, there's not a line anymore. Right. And so, especially when you're your brand, it's like, where's the fucking line? Because you need, you still, even if you love it, even if you're following your purpose, you're doing all the things like you still need that space. Right. And so I've like slowly tried my, my new hobby this summer is kayaking. So I live right on Lake Michigan. So I've been, I've kayaked my whole life, but I've never kayak in Chicago. Um, and there's like this little kayak club outside where I live. And so I've been going down and kayaking a lot, which is by myself, which is like really meditative and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, reading, cooking, like I'm very, I love like mindfully doing any of those things. Like when I really just allow myself to kind of like be in the present. Um, but it's been interesting also, I think during COVID to like really think about like you have more time for hobbies. I mean, many of us, obviously some of us don't with kids at home and stuff, but like many of us do have more time for hobbies too, but it's like, do we do them? Do we fill our time with them? Like, do we actually create space for them? And there's hobbies now that like I want to create too. Like my first week of COVID, I was like, I'm going to get my piano from my parents' house and get that back. I get back into that. I played for nine years. I'm going to learn French. We took, we spent like a weekend, like learning, taking French lessons. Um, and like learned one song on guitar, like didn't do any of that. And I think honestly, there's a part, sorry, I'm totally rambling, but there's a part that I think the thing that I've really, one of my hobbies, you and I were talking about this before we started recording is like, honestly, finding quiet. 
finding stillness. Like I've really, one of my hobbies is nothingness. You know, it's not filling the space with anything because my, I'm good at filling the space with things. I'm good at finding things to do. And actually it's been practicing having nothing to do. That's I think been my, my new favorite hobby, but that was, that was a big highlight for me of, I took an internet vacation in December and I took like two weeks off, no social media, no email. I was like checking my email every few days to make sure there was no emergency, but I was like, if anyone's contacting me on social media, that is absolutely not an emergency. So like, I don't need that. And that's when I found all this space and the, the desire and the bravery to do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. To just like, one of my favorite pastimes now is staring at the ceiling. I'll be like, it's been a long day. I need to just like have some ceiling staring just time. Like I've always loved being out in nature, but this is new. Like, no, the ceiling is fabulous. I love it. And then when I retired from social media, so that's been like three, four months now, I, you know, it's been an evolution and my triathlon is my big hobby. Mm-hmm. I love to swim, bike, run, strength, train, yoga, all the things. And then I have a recovery week. And so I'm still training, but it's less. Like, what am I going to do with myself? I'm not going to like spend that time on social media. So yeah, I've been getting in the kitchen a lot more, mm-hmm. playing my way through entire cookbooks, growing broccoli sprouts, and I'm starting to learn how to juggle. And I'm learning how to juggle with zero expectations. And yeah. that is so fun. I'm like, no one else, like, no one knows I'm doing it. Like, I'm not sharing videos. I'm not sharing it, like, in my Insta stories uh-huh. or anything like that. I can just do it on my, my terms and just play with it and do it whenever I want. Expectations. Like, that has been my word of the day. Like, there, we just, we have so, we hold such high expectations for ourselves for life for everything for learning how to juggle for you know and like the the like epidemic of like perfectionism right it's like if I'm not brilliant at this then like I'm just not going to do it or if I'm not brilliant at this then like whatever you know I'm going to be down on myself about it or whatever but like, or there's got to be a reason I did have somebody be like oh why are you learning to juggle is that like really good for hand-eye coordination yeah. I was like because it's fucking fun <laughs> because it's just fun it's actually like something a lot of my clients have been, I've had, it was like a couple weeks right before vacation where all my clients were sort of coming to me feeling really stressed out, like all this stuff. And I'm like, you just need some fun. You just need some play. Go book some time with your, go whatever it is, but like, go have some fun. You know, it's like, we just, I think all this time at home too, is like almost started to, to get us to this place where we're like, we're either like we're working or we're bored or whatever it is. And it's like, we literally just forget to like do things for fun. Yes. Without expectation. No expectation, no reason, no greater purpose, no agenda. Just because you like it. I'm like, even I even think to myself too, I'm like, what do I like? You know, it's like this, like we have to even ask ourselves, like, what is fun? What do we think is fun? What what do I like? What is play? You know, especially when you do work that you love that's really meaningful to you and brings you a lot of joy. But like it isn't, it's it's still work, right? Like you still need like play that is not work. Have you found that you have like a lot more time now, not, not being like significantly amount like more time, not being on social media and for play? I, I have a lot more free brain space because what I used to do is be, I'd be thinking about posting 
I've been thinking about like, oh, I should share this or my next mm-hmm. post will be this. And I'm not, it feels so freeing to be like, I'm just going to go do this thing and I'm going to be hundred percent present in it. And I'm maybe not even going to tell anyone about it during or after. And yeah, I don't have this thing hanging over my head of like, you didn't post yesterday. You got to post today. You got to come up with something brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's what do you I think? really feel the freedom. Hmm. how do you feel like that freedom like if if someone i'm like interviewing you know like this is my podcast do you um, you're doing a great job (laughs) um if so i'm a business owner i'm not even asking somebody else asking for a friend aka me um i'm a business owner i'm trying to i would love to run my business not on social media and I'm like thinking about like, okay, well, how would I actually pull the plug? Like, how did you, can you walk us through your process for how you actually got to the place where you pulled the plug and you were like, I somehow I'm still going to make money and this is going to be fine. Mm, that was an amazing question. I think it comes down to massive trust, massive trust. And knowing it, it was a, it was a total experiment. Like there's a possibility that you know, what, what's the fear? No one's going to know what I'm doing. No one's going to know that I exist as a business. No one's going to know that I can help them. And yet somehow they do. Somehow they are coming. I, and you asked me earlier how I'm marketing and I was like, I don't know, magic? It's great though. I'm, I'm revamping my website. I'm doing some SEO stuff. Well, I'm not. I got somebody else doing that because that stuff just completely baffles me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's part of it too. My business is so fun right now. My assistant is so lit up by playing with new things on my site and new ways to like help people find me that she's so sparkly for doing that, that we can like talk about a bunch of things. I'm all lit up from that. And I go ride my bike and she's still like playing at her computer doing stuff. And it's just like, oh my God, we are both so lit up right now. And that's like, that's how we're elevating the world. She's a generator and I'm a manifesting generator. So like when we we're here to be super lit up, we're here to be sparkly AF and that's how we elevate the world. So as a projector, what does that mean for you? Like, when do you feel your best? The, I mean, and that's, as a projector, there are, as, and we were talking about this too, but I burn myself out all the time. So in my moments of burnout, right, I'm like, well, fuck, like, you know, like I can't do anything. So, but, but then I'll have weeks where I can, I'm on top of the world. I can get a, a million, I can get done in two weeks, but some people probably don't get done in three months, right? Like I can get so much done, but then it's like a crash again. So it's like, okay, well, and we've, we sort of talked about a few things that I'm going to try to sort of adjust my energy, but it's a couple of things that we talked about. I mean, and I'll just say them here for people who are listening. I mean, one is, I guess for context, I'm a projector. So my big thing is being able to sort of guide and see the vision and, uh, what I just learned is be intuitive about other people, which my whole, I'm an intuitive career strategist. So obviously I know that my, my job is to be intuitive about other people. But um, what I've learned is that I really shouldn't be doing that guiding for more than two hours a day, that I need nine to 10 hours of sleep. 
Uh, and uh, that really the rest of that time, I should be just like taking things in, meditating, listening, reading, absorbing, whatever. And that's your work. You can spell it W-U-R-K. You can spell it however you want. Like that's your work. Mm-hmm. But that, it's funny when I, look at, when I look at my life, like that's kind of how it is. It's just a little off balance. It's like almost there, but it's not. And the fact that it's not means it's off balance, right? And that's likely your soul. Like you, you are in touch with your soul. Yeah. And you know what your soul is saying. Yeah. And you live in Chicago in 2020. Like there's a whole lot of stuff to do or it feels like you're supposed to be doing. There's a lot of collective energy here too, right now, which that's actually been something that's been really challenging because I've been, I mean, I've been socially active my whole life. Like social justice has been something that's been a part of my work forever, my life forever. Like it's always been sort of, I I taught in low-income schools in Texas. That was where I started my career. And so, um, you know, fighting for equality has been something that I, it's, I mean, it's been in my bones. Um, so being in Chicago where black lives matter is having such an incredible impact truly on taking down systemic racism in the city piece by piece, um, has been amazing to watch. Right. But it's also energetically really draining, you know? And so like, this is just sort of one example. If we talk about 2020, it's like, there's, there have just been so many weeks of 2020 where I could have all the energy in the world, but the collective is saying, nope, it's time for us to really tune in and go in and make the changes that we need to make internally so that they can be reflected in the external world. And so it's part of it is like, it's just surrendering to the fact that like, I, I am at, there's a part of me that is just like, I succumb to the energy of the collective and like, I can't, I can't always, maybe it's just like my boundaries aren't strong enough, but I just can't always protect myself from it. You know, like I can't always operate outside of it. I think those of us with like absolute champion boundaries have, things still get in. Yeah. I sneezed for the first, like, like, um, after George Floyd was murdered, I sneezed for like three weeks continuously. Like it was like the energy, every time I left the house, I was just sneezing. I was allergic to the energy of, this country. Wow. It was the only thing that made sense. <laughs> Sneezing. That's amazing. I've learned that it's one of my superpowers that I actually um, was working on something earlier this week and went into my Instagram account through my computer so I can like go in and see my posts. Um, I totally ignore all those red things in the corner. And I was in there for like two minutes looking for this post and I just started sneezing. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll get out. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Okay, so questions, more questions for you on your podcast. How did you start to develop your intuitive ability? And like, how have you sort of really honed your skills? And- so unlike you, who's like, I'm an intuitive business coach. I know this. When I learned to read my human design, so for, for everyone listening, Emily and I have the same incarnation cross, which is the right angle cross of penetration three. We are here to be intuitive for other people. So when I first, when I first heard that, I started laughing because I'd had friends telling me that I was intuitive and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, like, you're the most intuitive person I know. And I was like, yeah, right. 
I, when I first started coaching, which is like six years ago now, I had a lot of friends who are into like tarot cards and other intuitive guidance. And I'd ask for a reading and I'd always be like, cool, thanks. And I knew that. And they'd be like, yeah, that's because you can do this. And I'd be so jealous of everyone else who got like blown away by the message. And I was like, oh, there's something I don't know. Um, and so I'd been like building, building, building to, towards acceptance. And then it was actually learning my human design, learning that intuition isn't just in that part of my chart. It's actually sprinkled in other places too. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to own this. I'm going to play with it. And do you have any like particular practices that you do to like hone it or play with it? Or is it just sort of like, like, how do you, how do you strengthen your ability to hear it and listen to it? For me, my energy belongs in my body. It does for you too. That's because we've got our crown and Ajna, our two head centers are open. So I get in my body. So if I'm in my head, I, I don't know anything. There's no good comes from me being in my head. So I get in my body and that's when a knowing comes through or it's, you know, when I'm deeply connected with someone, something will come through, but knowing where my energy belongs. So being in my body is like, I get so many hits on my bike. It's a magical place for me. So when you're moving, like when you're moving your body is when you, st- when you really start to hear, like have stuff yeah. come through to you. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes I'll get some stuff in the middle of the night, but it's like, mm, no, it doesn't, <laughs> that's not really my, like I'm not one to get messages in my dreams. I'm more, my husband has a defined ajna, so I'll feel his energy and like wake up thinking or sometimes hear his thoughts and just wake up shh your your thoughts are too loud <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing your thoughts yeah. are too- <laughs> um do you have a specific like clare that you have developed like is it so that's an interesting question so according to human design i i hear things see things, smell things, and know things. Which ones do I really know? The hearing, the knowing. Sometimes I see things. Mm. Um, the smelling is a little weird to me. I know that my sense of smell is super sensitive, mm. but I don't ever really know what it means. Mm. How about you? I feel like I only really, well, the body, the body thing definitely resonates a lot for me. Now that you say that, actually, um, I get a lot in meditation, but it's really when I'm meditating, I'm like dropping into my body. Yeah. Even when I was clients, like I'm always dropping us into our bodies. I kind of assumed everybody needed that, but apparently not. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's here. It's, it's hearing and knowing. I don't think I really see or smell or um and feeling I mean I think for me I feel I feel things but the thing that I think is I I have a harder time interpreting my feeling my feeling 
Yeah. Um, and I have a better time interpreting like the knowing or the idea or like the thing that I've heard. I get a lot of like chills and I get a lot of like things when people say things, but I'm like, I just assume it's all just like confirmation. Like I don't actually know how to interpret it. Yeah. But, those are um, truth bumps. Truth bumps. Mm-hmm. Truth bumps and truth tears. Mm, oh, I get that. I get the truth mm-hmm. tears. I get the truth bumps. Yeah. Truth bumps. I love that. Is there anything in my chart that says like I should, I have another Claire? No, you're bang on. You do have the smell one. I do. What does yeah. that mean though? Like you smell something and it should tell you something intuitively. It's like, how like do you basically, even... you know, maybe you'll smell and be like, oh, that's my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But then what do you get from that? I don't know. I always think when it comes to smell, I think of um, the aura before somebody has a seizure and they smell like burning toast. Uh. And that's not what I want to experience. Yeah, I just know like, there's this plant here in Florida that smells like bell peppers and no one, my husband and I smell it so strongly and it'll, it's so strong that, and it's on, a, there's a lot of it on a route that we bike and run. And so I will be like, I don't want any more peppers. I don't like, I've been smelling that so much. No one else around here smells it. It's so strange. Uh, but I really don't think that's intuitive message. I think it's, it's just, just like, smelling. <laughs> no, really strong smell. I don't understand yeah. how people don't smell it. It's interesting though, because I, I love smells. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very, like I like smelly candles. I like, I will stop and stick my face in a jasmine bush. Like I love smells. You know what I mean? Like I'll be on a run and I will stop and smell the flowers. So it's interesting. I'll have to sort of like keep my my intuitive ear out for like, how do I use this? I don't have seeing though in my chart, right? No. I can barely visualize and I teach visualization too and I can literally barely visualize. It comes in in words when I visualize. That's fun. It comes in um, like flashes for me. I remember doing a reading for someone once and I was like, I'm seeing like a black, I don't know if it's like a puma or, jaguar and she was like i for i forget the context but she was like that's my daughter's it was a stuffed black panther she was in it it was weird and that was super terrifying for me to share because i was like i don't know why i'm seeing this thing you're like i don't know what this but that's the whole thing yeah. right it's like you never you don't really always have to know why it's mm-hmm. just like this thing is coming to you and eventually you sort of learn what the language is so do you teach clients about here's a question so the intuitive for anybody who has this incarnation the intuitive about other people are we also here to teach other people about their intuition mm, it's no just our intuition it's just them we're intuitive about them as a projector, of course, you're here to teach people. You're here, but you're also here to take existing systems and make them more effective, understandable, efficient, better. Mm. So you're doing that with business, right? Can you talk about how you do that? Yeah, with careers mostly, but I do with businesses also. So um, that's sort of my side that I don't actually like talk about very much. Um, yeah, my whole world is sort of rooted in this belief that like work is not just work. Like we are here to totally love what we do. And so, I mean, thinking about just this idea of making systems better, like this system of like you get a job and you like check these boxes and you take home a paycheck and then you die. Like 
Uh, and there's always going to be things about your work that you don't like and your boss having a bad boss is normal and you have to work within the certain confines and climb the ladder. I just don't believe in any of it. <laughs> and so the work that I do is really all about helping people learn a new system for how it can be. And I don't, I don't necessarily think I like created this system. I think I'm just tapping into this other system, right, that exists and showing people all right, guiding people to like, oh, look, there's this other system for how we can create careers and lives that actually bring us joy, that we really love, that we feel like we're creating rather than we're victims of, right? Yes. Uh, did you ever live in that system, that one that doesn't work? Totally. So I started my career, I guess I mentioned as a teacher. So I was, uh, I was in education for about five years and um, you know, it was interesting because I was in mission-driven work. I mean, I was in service-driven work and as a projector, it's not surprising that I was a teacher, but I was, I was in the Teach for America world. So do you, are you familiar with Teach for America? Yeah. yeah. So for anybody who's listening, it's a, it's a prestigious nonprofit that is doing incredible work, but it really operates as a corporation. I mean, on the internal side of things, like it is, has been guided by McKinsey and Deloitte. So it's very professional. And I've, I learned everything I know from Teach for America, but the problem was that I was in this system, right? It was like, I was in the system of, okay, you start at the bottom, you work your way up, you'll get promoted to have one person underneath you. And then you'll be promoted to have two people underneath you. And you're never only going to really make this amount of money. And, you know, so, and I, it was prestigious, right? So like I was doing mission driven work at a really great organization. It was like making decent money not great money, but like decent money for a nonprofit. And I just sort of hit this moment where I was like, this is not, this isn't it. This is not what life's about. Like, this is not working for me. I always have one foot out the door. I had a map of Thailand, like taped up next to my desk. I was like, there's just, I, I felt totally underutilized. I just felt totally not, not challenged. And I couldn't, I looked around at everybody's jobs and my boss's job at that person's job. And there was no, none of these jobs I wanted. I didn't want any of these jobs. So that was sort of my first light bulb moment where I was like, if I don't want any of these people's jobs and I'm not enjoying the job that I'm in, again, it comes back to, there's gotta be a better way. And that was sort of the beginning of this adventure and figuring out like, okay, well, what's the better way? And that's kind of where this all started. Hmm. I love that. And as somebody who I didn't even, I wasn't in corporate America. I was working for the government. I, I lasted a year before I was offered a promotion and I quit. I said, no, this is not for me. None of this is for me at all. Not one little bit of it down to the shoes. Like, no. So what did you do when you quit? I had no plan. And um, I ended up studying nonfiction writing and became a science writer. So I had, I had my master's in marine biology. I was working as a marine biologist for the government and yeah, became a science writer, freelance science writer, science blogger. That was really fun. And then all the funding got cut for science writing and which is perfect timing. It pushed me more into, uh, it pushed me into personal training and mm -hmm coaching triathletes. And then from there I was pushed into professional coaching. Um, are you a diver? Like scuba diving? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my husband owns a company writing guidebooks about scuba diving. So I'm a huge scuba diver. 
I love diving. That's amazing. I'm sounds like marine biology is not for you, but that was always like my like second well, was. Life career. <laughs> so marine biology, I still love it. Super yeah. passionate about it, but working in a cube in DC was not. Yeah, that was not it. No, you're like, I want to go dive and then write about what I see. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah. I, you know, it's like that thing that you said about, you know, you sort of got pushed into like these different directions. Like I think especially right now with so many people have gotten laid off and so many people's dreams or, or, or whatever have sort of been hijacked by, by COVID. The truth is, it's like, I sort of always believe that that's exactly what leads you to the next thing. It is. Like, it all happens so perfectly. And it's so hard to see it in the moment because it's painful and our egos get really like bummed out and whatever. But there's just quite often, like we're not, we're too afraid to take these risks on our own. And so it's the funding getting cut or the getting laid off or the getting fired or whatever it is that really leads you to exploring the important questions of what do I actually want? How do I want to spend my time? Mm -hmm. And along the way, probably encountering a whole bunch of not this is. Totally. Which just allows you to get even closer to what you really do want. Exactly. We've got to wrap this conversation up. It's been amazing. How can people connect with you more? So Instagram, I am not retired from social media yet. Uh, Emily Eliza Moyer. I teach on all things about how to build a career that you love. Um, and then on my website, emilyelizamoyer.com. I always have some free fun stuff on there to check out and to sort of do work such as finding your purpose, creating a vision, creating a strategic planning template for your life and career, all kinds of stuff. One last question for you. If you had a billboard that you could put up anywhere and somehow the whole world could see it, Mm. you've got unlimited word count. What would it say? I have unlimited word count. I can put the billboard up anywhere. Okay, there's like two. You can have two billboards. I'm having two billboards. I'll give you two. One is they're kind of the same. So maybe they're just like there's like one billboard that are like split up in like two different sides that they like change. Okay, anyways. So build it the way you want it is one thing that would be on there. Build it the way you want it. And the second is uh, we have to go classic of just be the change. Mm. I love those. What does build it the way you want it mean to you? It's everything, right? Build your life the way you want it. Build your community the way you want it. Build your business the way you want it. Build the systems that you exist in in the way you want them, right? It sort of gives us agency to create. Like we are the creators, right? Like we get to create everything that we're a part of, everything that we touch, we, we influence. And so it's, if we see something ever that we don't, the way that we don't like, right? Or if there's something that, isn't working for us. Like, okay, build it the way you want it. Take that, take that action, be proactive and really create, find that sense of um, agency and empowerment to create it in, in the way that you want it to be. Yes. Oh, I love it. We're going to end on that. Thank <laughs> you. I love this conversation. This was so fun, Kelsey. Thank you so much. And there we go. 
I had so much fun playing with Emily and I hope you had so much fun listening to us. I hope, I hope that all find your awesome podcast episodes bring you a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of sparkle and perhaps some wisdom. If any of these episodes inspire you, please share them all over the place to share them with all your people. And if you've got a second, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Thank you so much. If you'd like to book a human design session with me, you can head over to KelseyAbbott.com and book an individual human design reading, a partner human design reading, a human design play date, human design upgrade, and alignment coaching. We got all the things over there. And did I mention core class? Every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, we are playing core and it's a blast. I'd love for you to join us. So head on over to KelseyAbbott.com to find all the things. And of course, please support Emily and all the things she's doing. Head over to social media and give her all the likes, all the follows, all the subscribes, all the things, and tell her how much sparkle she brought to your day by sharing her own experience and her joy and her immense radiance in this conversation. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.